Thanks so much for being a part of the Sagebrush family, those here in this room and those also watching at home. We're so thankful for each and every one of you. We are in the middle of a series called Believe It or Not, and we're going to talk about the difference between creation and evolution. Which one do you want to believe or which one do you not want to believe? But before we get into that, I got to give you an update on the M1 Capital Campaign. You have been so faithful and you have been so generous. Let me show you some church projects that already have been fully funded. Let's put it up on the big screen right here. Barushi, India, that church right there, fully funded already. Let me give you another one. Isn't that great? So good. Bataan, Costa Rica has been fully funded. Their church building's going up as well. And one more, Bernard Library. You ready to be blown away? So far, look at this, so far, well, you guys have given $986,000. We have already fully funded 29 projects around the world. Unbelievable. So friends, every time we get a dime that comes in for the M1 Capital Campaign above and beyond our normal tithes and offerings, that money goes immediately out. In the weeks and months to come, I'm going to be so excited to show you videos of you're seeing these buildings come up and seeing these projects being fulfilled and know that God used you to do it. Know that God used you to be his hands and his feet. You were able to go to places you've never been before to make an impact on people's lives that you're never going to meet. It's such an exciting time uh, to be a part of our church. So as that money comes in, we'll make certain that every single one of those projects gets that money and eventually will become fully funded. All right, let's get in to the message today, Believe It or Not. Let me start off by asking you a question. Which thing do you think is more believable between two things, all right? Is it more believable that we're here as the result of a mighty God or that we're here as the result of a muddy glob? Which one do you think is more believable? Is it more believable that, that there's a God that has a plan and a purpose for our life? Or is it more believable that, that there were some chemicals that exploded in space billions of years ago and out of that chaos came all of this order? Now I ask you the question, which one is more believable because you can't prove either one? Evolutionists, they, they can't prove that the beginning of the world started with the Big Bang any more than a Christian can prove the existence of God. Each one of those takes a step of faith. But wouldn't it be wonderful if God just kind of cracked open the sky and said, Hoo, here I am, wouldn't that be pretty cool if he did that? That there was a guy, he was, he was an atheist, and he was hiking out in the mountains one day, and, and he was just enjoying the accident of evolution. And as he was walking around, he was enjoying the rivers going by and the west rustling of the wind through the leaves of the trees, just having the time of his life. When all of a sudden he saw a bush that was kind of rustling over in the corner, so he went over to investigate what was going on. And when he looked over the bush, there was a seven-foot grizzly bear that was there. And that grizzly bear took one look at him and raised up on his hind legs. He thought, oh, my goodness. And that guy ran for his life. He ran as fast as he possibly could. But he kept turning back as he was running, kept turning back. And that grizzly bear was catching up, getting closer and closer and closer. Now the guy's crying because he knows he's going to die because the grizzly bear is going to catch up to him. And finally, he trips over a stick, and the bear gets on top of him, rolls him over, picks out his paw, get ready to rip out his throat. It's kind of a gruesome story when you think about it. Gets ready to rip out his throat. And the atheist, atheist screams out, oh, my God, save me. And all of a sudden, the river stopped running. And the leaves on the trees stopped rustling. Everything just stopped. And the bear stopped. And a bright light came from the sky. The 
voice came from the bright light. He said, am I to believe that you spent your entire life denying my existence and telling other people that I don't exist as well and telling other people that my creation was made by some cosmic accident that happened in outer space billions of years ago? Am I to believe that now in your moment of greatest need that you are a believer? And the atheist, ever proud, said, no, that would make me a hypocrite. I'm not asking for you to believe that I am a believer. What I am asking for is that you make the bear a believer. (laughs) So the voice said, as you wish. And the river began to go downstream again. The wind began to blow. The bear took his hand down. And he put his hands together and said, thank you, Lord, for this food that you have provided. Evolutionists cannot prove their theory, and Christians, I hate to tell you this, you cannot prove the existence of God, but there is evidence. And I'm going to lay out the evidence for you for both cases, and then you can decide which one you want to put your faith and your trust in, because at the end of the day, it really is a leap of faith. So let's talk about evolution. What do evolutionists believe? Let's start with the working definition of evolution. This is what working definition of evolution. No one plus nothing equals everything. Now, that's a working definition of evolution. Seems ludicrous, doesn't it? There was no one, there's no God, there's no star to this thing, and out of nothing, absolute nothingness, we have everything that we see. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? But people honestly believe that to be true. Here's how the theory of evolution is. Billions and billions of years ago, there were uh, dust that came out of nothing. And this dust that came out of nothing collided with gases that came out of nothing. And these gases and this dust collided due to gravity, making a primordial cloud. Well, out of this primordial cloud, it began to heat up over millions and millions of years. And there was a tremendous explosion that they called the Big Bang. And out of the Big Bang came all of the galaxies, all the stars, and all of the planets. There's over a trillion galaxies that we know of so far. And let's just talk about the Milky Way galaxy. The Milky Way galaxy, out of that Big Bang, we, we entered into the Milky Way galaxy and all the planets began to go around in a very orderly and predictable fashion day after day after day. So out of random chaos came all this order. Now, what about mankind? How did we come into existence? Well, this primordial cloud, it converted over, it became some single cell organisms off of that cloud. And those single cell organisms that came out of nothing collided with electricity and that electricity caused the single cell organisms to to, uh, divide. And some of those divided organisms ended up on land which came out of nothing. And that's where you get ancient plant life. And others of the single cell organisms ended up in the water which came out of Nothing, and we had boneless sea creatures. Then over millions and millions and millions of years, the boneless sea creatures began to get a backbone. And they got a skeletal structure, and they became fish, thus the beginning of humankind. 
believe it or not. Now, the Bible gives a different take to creation. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So in the beginning, God, who lives outside of space and time, made space, made time. And he created everything that we see just by his spoken word. He spoke it into existence. And when it came to animals, he made animals after their own kind, after their own type. That's how God's word says. He made animals after their own kind. God didn't say that an animal evolved from one animal over to another animal. No, God said it's a kind of animal, and there'll be slight evolutionary process with that kind of animal, but nothing major. Like, you're not going to get a dog that turns into a cat, thank God, right? I mean, a dog is a dog is a dog is a dog is a dog. Now, we have over 200 different types of dogs because of mixed breeding, right? For, for example, if, if we mixed breed a schnauzer and a poodle, you get a schnoodle. Did you know that? It's kind of a cute dog right there, that little schnoodle right there. If we mixed breed, let's say, a, a, a pug, let's put it up, a pug and a beagle, you, you get a puggle. Isn't that a cute little dog right there, a little puggle right there? But a dog is a dog is a dog is a dog is a dog, right? That's what we see, right? And dogs, they develop, and, and because of breeding, they can change form a little bit. But a dog is a dog is a dog. Well, what about mankind? How, how do we come into existence? Well, the Bible says that God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed life into his body. And God did that so that he could have a relationship with us. So you, you can see that both of these things are completely opposite of the other. So let, let's look at some different evidences to see if we can find any kind of conclusion so you can make a decision on what you believe and what you don't believe. Let's first off look at the fossil record. The fossil record. Charles Darwin, who's kind of the founder of the idea of evolution, believed that his theory of evolution would be proven by the fossil record. He said, once we start digging into the earth's surface, once we start digging up the fossils of what came before us, we will see, this is what Darwin said, we will see millions and millions of millions of transitionary fossils to where you can have an ape turn over millions of years into a human. Well, we've been digging now for over a hundred years. We have dug up over a billion fossils. We've yet to find a single missing link, let alone millions of missing links. Do you know what we find? We find animals that are millions and millions of years ago that were fossils looking just like animals today. You can look at a fish that's millions and millions of years ago, looks like a fish today. You can look at a turtle from millions and millions of years ago, a fossil of a turtle from millions of years ago, and guess what? The turtle still looks like it does Today, the fossil record doesn't prove evolution. The fossil record proves that all of what we see came suddenly upon our earth fully formed. Let me give you another one, the complexity of our universe, right? If I said to you, you know, let's think about this logically. If I said to you, a, a watch, okay, I've got this iWatch. It's a Series 6. I can't afford Series 7. That's Series 6 right there. That's nice right there. If I said to you that just happened at a random process and random chance, you'd think I was nuts, wouldn't you? Because a watch points to the evidence of a watchmaker because it's so complex, isn't it? 
You see a painting on a wall. Do you think that somebody kind of drove by and hit some paint on the floor and it just made that beautiful picture that you see right there? No, you think there was somebody who painted that beautiful picture, don't you? If we drive around town, and we see the buildings that are there. Do we think, wow, look at, what that, look what that tornado brought. Look what that hurricane just brought, right, if you live in Belize. That is a beautiful structure that they left. No, you would never think that. Out of chaos, you've never seen anything of order ever come. You would say, well, obviously that building was put together by an architect, and they probably had blueprints, and a contractor worked through those blueprints with a bunch of workers, and over the time, they were able to build that building. So isn't it just logical that a creation would point to a creator? Evolution says everything happened by random chance and random process. And all the complexity that we see just randomly happened. Does that make any sense to you? I was reading this book, Astrophysicist. Boy, I read some heady stuff around here, I tell you what. Astrophysicist Lawrence Krauss wrote that if the forces of gravity changed, here's the number on the screen. Do you see it? If the forces of gravity changed by that little number, that's 37 zeros after that point. You ever heard the phrase, I'm hanging on by a thread? I think our world is hanging on by a thread. Because if gravity changes by that percentage, we don't exist anymore. But out of random chance, you know, through a big bang, we ended up just at the right gravitational pull to sustain life. Let's talk about the Earth's core for just a second. Scientists Frank Press and Raymond Seaver said this, the Earth's interior is a gigantic but delicately balanced heat engine fueled by radioactivity. If this heat engine ran slower, the continents might not have evolved in their present form. If there had been more radioactive fuel, therefore a faster running engine, volcanic dust would have blotted out the sun. And that's just the complexity of the core of the center of Earth. Now, now think about the sun for just a second. The sun is 93 million miles away. Did you know that? And, and the heat on the sun is 27 million degrees Fahrenheit at its core. All of this provides us with the perfect mixture of heat and energy to sustain life upon this Earth. If the sun is bigger or smaller, if the sun isn't at the distance that it currently is, if it's a little bit farther away or a little bit closer to us, if the sun's temperature is a little bit hotter or a little bit cooler, guess what? You change any of those elements and we don't exist any longer. But it all happened out of cosmic gases that came from nothing that exploded in outer space billions and billions of years ago. And out of chaos came all of this order. Do you think it just happened randomly? Believe it or not. How about the complexity of the human body? Let's go back to the big board. Michael Denton, a molecular biologist who is an atheist, by the way, who doesn't really agree with the theory of evolution. This is what he said. Let's just talk about the brain for just a second, the complexity of the human body. The human brain consists of about 10,000 million nerve cells. Did you know that? You're like a supercomputer walking around. You probably don't use it all, but you are a supercomputer, you know? You've met a lot of people that aren't using even a ram of, uh, you know. 
Human brain consists of about 10,000 million nerve cells. Each nerve cell puts out somewhere in the region of between 10,000 and 100,000 connecting fibers by which it makes contact with other nerve cells in the brain. Altogether, the total number of connections in the human brain approaches 10 to the 15th power or 1,000 million million. Now, that's that, 1,000 million. I never thought I would use that phrase ever in preaching. I can tell you that right. 1,000 million million. And you're like, yeah, I agree. You're like, what in the world is that? I don't even know what that is. That's a hard number to get our mind wrapped around. That's kind of an incomprehensible number. So let me help you out a little bit. Let's take we, uh, 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 the half of the size of the United States of America. Let's just cover half the United States of America. And, and that's a million square miles right there. And let's just say uh, on uh, every square mile, we're going to put 10,000 trees every square mile. That's a lot of trees every square mile, wouldn't you say? And then on each of those trees, we're going to put 100,000 leaves. That's a lot of trees, isn't it? That's a lot of leaves. That's 10 to the 15th power. That's how many uh, electrons, that's how many nerve cells, that's how many things are firing in your brain, and you don't even know what's happening. You are so complex. It just happened out of a bunch of gases that collided somewhere billions of years ago, and out of those gases came you. You, you, you excited about that? That's the number, 10 to the 15th power, or 1,000 million million. Ditton goes on to say this. Even if only one hundredth of the connections in the brain were specifically organized, just one one hundredth of those, this would represent a system containing a much greater number of specific connections than in the entire communications network on Earth. You've got more connections going on in your brain than Sprint, Verizon, and everything else that's out there. You don't use them, but you've got them, okay? Could any sort, could any sort of purely random process ever have assembled such systems in the time available? And yet evolutionists will say, absolutely, that's exactly what happened. Millions and millions of years went by, and wow, look at your brain now. Let's talk about the human eye for just a second. Human eye has 130 million parts. Did you know that? That, That's amazing, isn't it? Charles Darwin, and I quote, this is the only thing I agree with Darwin, he said this, to suppose that the human eye with so many parts working together could have formed by natural selection seems, I freely confess, absurd to the highest degree. I agree. Let's talk about the nose for just a second. The human nose can detect one millionth of one milligram of garlic floating in the air and distinguish around 10,000 distinct odors. Some of that's good and some of that's bad. If Uncle Bob's coming over, it's going to be bad. You understand what I'm saying right now? You remember during the pandemic and you had your mask on to protect you from the COVID, right? And so you walked in the grocery store and what did you smell? You smelled the fish in the back, didn't you? That's how good a nose you've got. You can put a mask on and you can still whiff it and smell it. That just happened by accident. Do you believe that? How about the heart? The heart beats 80 times a minute. The average cardiac output is about six liters of blood every single minute or three, two liters of blood every single minute. Let me kind of give you an illustration of how much blood you're pumping through your body on a daily basis. So if we take that statistic, in one hour, you will have pumped 182 liter bottles of blood. Did you know that? That's in one hour's worth of time. 
In one day, it's 4,322 liter bottles of blood pumping through your system. In one week's time, it's 30,242 liters of blood pumping through your body. To give you an illustration, we've got these plastic bottles up here. That represents one hour. That's how much blood you're pumping over and over and over again through your body, again and again and again, through your heart. And you don't even know it's doing it. It's beating. You don't even hear it. You don't even think about it until it skips a beat. That's what the human heart is doing. But it, but it, just, it just happened by random chance, right? It just, it, 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 we're, we're not complex at all. What, what does the Bible say about this? Psalm 139, God says, David writes, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. Which makes more sense to you? You're here as a result of a bunch of gases that collided, or are you here because God designed you? That God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Think about the implications of that. Because if there is a God and he made you for a plan and for a purpose, that means we've got meaning in this life. And without God, there is no meaning, is there? And that brings me to my next point, the morality of man doesn't take too long to realize that we're quite a bit different from all the other animals on planet Earth, wouldn't you say? Read this from one author. He said a mother bird regurgitates their food and then feeds it to their babies. My wife does not do that, and I am forever grateful. <laughs> a pig lies in its own waste. A cat cleans itself by licking his body. I'm not going to commentate on that one. That's enough said right there. Have you ever seen two dogs greet each other? <laughs> Do you think you're like all the other animals? A lion runs out in the jungle and tries to kill an animal so he can have something to eat. But when he finally catches the animal and kills it, there's no lion court, is there? <laughs> there's no lion judge. There's no lion jury say, oh, you murdered that animal. Oh, you're going to go to lion jail now. But we have that. We have this amazing sense of what's right and what's wrong. And when you break the law, you go to jail, right? That's the way that it works. We're completely different from all the other animals. I don't think there's a lot of dogs walking around going, I wonder what my purpose in life is. You know? I don't think there's very many chickens walking around their chicken coop going, I wonder why I'm here on this earth. And let me just tell the chickens, you're here to make delicious Chick-fil-A sandwiches. That's why you're here. <laughs> just say it for what it is, right? I don't think a horse is contemplating the, the mysteries of the universe. But here's what's interesting. You do. You do. Where did this come from? This sense of right and wrong. This, this consciousness that we have. Where did this come from, this need for purpose and for meaning, this emptiness that we feel inside for something more than this world has to offer us? Could it be that God has frustrated his creation to long for him, to search after him, and that nothing will ever satisfy us except a real relationship with the real God who really does love us? Which makes more sense to you? 
bunch of gases collided billions of years ago, or that you were created by God. I want to show you how crazy this whole theory of evolution is. I've got this hat, and inside the hat, I've got nine Scrabble tiles that all spell out the word evolution. Would you come up, you, you sir, come up and help me out just a little bit, would you? I just want you to pull one of these out. Now, if he pulls one tile out every minute, for one, t- one tile per minute, and we're going to try to pull out the word evolution just by random chance. What'd you get? Okay, that does not, that's an O. So let's try that again. What'd you get this time? A T. Okay. You ready for this? You can keep pulling them. How'd you get that time? Well, you're not helping me at all. We ain't got to get the E. Oh, you got the E. Okay, keep that one. Let's go to the next one. What'd you get? Oh, okay. Put them back, both back in. We got to start all over again. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. For you to randomly pull out nine Scrabble tiles, one minute per tile, starting over when you get the word wrong, it will take you, according to statisticians, 9,600,000 years. And I cheated because I've got all nine letters. What if there were symbols in here? What if there were numbers in here? What if there was more random chance? This isn't even complex. But for us to pull out evolution in a row, 9,600,000 years. Hey, where'd this all come from, this intelligent design? Just randomly occurred. Cosmic gases exploded in the universe billions and billions of years ago. And here's what's interesting. This is what all of our universities are teaching. And the number one reason college students are turning away from their faith is they bought into this junk. Believe it or not. Look what the Bible says, Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, he's pitched a tent for the sun. Let's read a book by Aaron Chambers. He says, unlike a creation where the story has stayed consistent and the same, the theory of evolution has evolved over time, hasn't it? And one of the reasons that people buy into it is because they say millions and millions and millions of years ago. And people shake their head and go, yeah, millions and millions of years ago. That might have happened. You throw in millions and millions of years, that's possible. I tell you that right now. Whenever I hear millions and millions of years, I think bippity-boppity-boo. That's what I think. I think bippity-boppity-boo. Boop, boop. That's what I think. Because evolutionists can't explain to us how a single-cell organism ends up evolving uh, to a Harvard ethics professor. Like, they can't explain how that happened. How a single-cell organism over millions and millions and millions of years can all of a sudden learn how to ride a bike or to work geometry, or to figure out the United States tax code. That's impressive right there. They can't explain how you can learn how to solve a Rubik's Cube, or fall in love, or feel guilty for something you did in the fourth grade when you stole a pack of gum from the local 7-Eleven. No, they just say, hey, millions and millions of years ago, bippity-boppity-boo.
Is, is it logical for you to believe that a lizard over, I don't know, a hundred years could sprout wings and become a bird? Is that logical? Well, let's go a thousand years. He said, I don't know about a thousand. How about 10,000 years? I don't know about that. How about 100,000 years? How about a million? How about millions and millions? Oh, yeah, that's possible. I think that could happen. Do you know why we believe it? Because we're intimidated by time. But here's what's interesting about science. It's all about observation. And here's the kicker. No one was there in the beginning. So to teach evolution as a fact, you can't. It's a theory, just like any origin story. So the question I have for you is, which one's more believable? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Or, bippity-boppity-boo. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that you do have a plan and purpose for every person's life. And we carry around this frustration, this emptiness, because we were made by you for you to have a relationship with you. And nothing will satisfy us except for you. You are so big and so smart and so wise and so powerful to think that you made everything that we see. And yet you still know us individually. You know our hurts, you know our fears, you know our worries. You know our insecurities. And you entered into our world. You died for our sin. You rose again from the dead to have a relationship with us. And that one day, if we place our faith and trust in you, we'll walk on streets of gold. We will never die. We will no longer be constrained by space and time. We're going to a place where there is no time. Lord, we thank you that you are almighty God and that we can trust you and that everywhere we look and everywhere we go, it gives evidence. Your creation gives evidence to you. Lord, may we take you seriously. May we live our lives for you. May we seek you with everything we've got. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.